0: Welcome to Dragon
1: Talk! Wow! Hi! Hey! I'm Greg Tito. I'm Shirley Mazzanopoul. Nice to see ya. You do. We didn't, uh, Don't you like my
0: voice? I do like your voice. That's my
1: new radio voice. Well,
0: this is my new radio voice. <laughs>
1: Alright! It's
0: perfect! Guess what we have to talk about today? The stream Stop. of many eyes. Oh my god. Isn't it amazing? Yes, we've been talking about this for months internally oh, so here happy. in the office. And finally,
1: I almost have said it a few
0: times. It's okay. That's what, it's the good nature of uh, of being a stream of many eyes. You can it. There's it's a non-specific title. It is the amazing D and D extravaganza, building off of Stream of Annihilation, which was awesome, right? Uh, but even more so, this one's going to be even more so. It's on June first, second, and third in Los Angeles. We're taking over a few studios in Los Angeles. Uh, a and, few? Yeah, doing tons of content, all uh, the first and second, letting you know about the next Dungeons & Dragons story uh, and how uh, your entertainment about Dungeons & Dragons is all going to be shaped about the story. And then on Sunday, this is the coolest part, Yeah, you can buy a ticket to come and tour the sets and watch some of your favorite Dungeons & Dragons players play live.
1: What? No be- way.
0: Being a part of the studio audience.
1: No. Yeah, that's I didn't what's know happening. that part.
0: Yeah, that's what's happening on Sunday, June so third.
1: Saturday and Sunday, or Friday, Friday
0: Saturday, Friday, Sunday. Saturday, Sunday. So yeah. it's three days. An extravaganza. So three it was days. only two
1: last time, right?
0: Correct. It was only two last time.
1: Oh my god! It's going to be a month long streaming event soon.
0: Yeah, exactly. This is crazy. Tons of content coming out of there. So it's going to start on Friday, June first at four p.m. Pacific time. That's where we will uh, start all of the the streams there's gonna be lots of live play of games uh, some stuff you've never seen before uh, is, is gonna be beamed into your eyeballs or if you're there in person you get to see it all happen I want to be there well you have to talk
1: uh, to
0: Nathan and get get on no, board
1: Bart's going
0: um, I know. That's thanks. But if you are in the Los Angeles area or if you want to travel to the Los Angeles area, you go. can buy tickets now. Uh, you can go to dnd.wizards.com slash S-O-M-E for all the information there. Oh, my God. As well. S-O-M-E. Yeah, for this yeah yep, stream of many eyes. Yep. There you go. Some. Some. We have uh, some lots of googly-eyed uh, images all across there to let you know that you are in the right place. Okay, good. And then you shall, yeah, you can buy tickets to uh, one of four different performances. Do you uh, know
1: who those performances are? I yet? do,
0: I do. There's going to, I know two of them specifically. They're going to be the High Rollers, uh, so Mark Holmes and something. Oh, and, cool. Uh, so, uh, Katie Morrison and uh, Chris Trott from the cast, as well as some extra fun guests. Uh, lots of other, uh, celebrities who play or, 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 actors who play Dungeons and Dragons will also be participating in some of those games like Joe Manganiello, Deborah Ann Wall, some other fun names, uh, batted around there, including Matt Mercer and, uh, Liam O'Brien, Travis Willingham, who you may know from Critical Role. Uh, and then on, uh, the last session is going to be Dice Camera Action with all four of the main cast members in costume, in cosplay for the first time.
1: Oh, uh, really? Yeah. For the first time?
0: For the first time this weekend. That's right. We've done them live a couple of times, but uh, Nathan Sharp has always been on tour for those dates. But now all four of them will be there in person. Whoa. Crazy, right?
1: That didn't happen at PAX.
0: It didn't. No. They had three out of the four cast members. Oh, my. In addition to jump. Chris Perkins' Dungeon Mastering. So, so that's
1: so amazing. Perkins
0: is going to be there. Marles is going to be there. Kate Welch. Jeremy Crawford. Uh, me Nathan Stewart Bart Carroll it's
1: gonna be an empty house back here that's
0: right uh, a lot of fun uh, going on backstage Todd Kenrick from uh, D&D Beyond will be oh, there shooting all good, weekend long
1: get to see lots what really of, goes on back there
0: yeah lots of filmography and stuff will be uh, will be there to be watched so, that's so cool. mark your calendars June 1st second third if you can make it on June 3rd in person buy tickets grab them.
1: Do it, yeah. Do it on my behalf, please. It
0: will be amazing, and I can't wait. Are you going to
1: tell us who's going, or are you waiting?
0: Yeah, yes, you can go to that address. So that's dnd.wizards.com/some, and you can find out all the information there. Tons of great stuff. You
1: don't want to tell me anything right now?
0: I told you. I told you all the fun stuff. So Maze Arcana is going to be there. Okay. Uh, The Sirens of the Realms, um, as well as uh, there might be an appearance from the cast of Force Grey, uh, some of which I have noticed already, but then uh, there will also be uh, a couple of new groups, uh, including the uh, Dark and Dicey group, which is starting up very soon, uh, by Nathan Sharp and his group. Uh, Girls' Guys' Glory will be there, in addition to... Another new one called okay. Rivals of Waterdeep, which is going to be super fun. Whoa, that
1: sounds fun. Yeah.
0: Lots of fun stuff happening. All right. Yeah.
1: What so, are you going to be doing there?
0: then? Uh, uh, panicking in the corner and or producing, making it all go smoothly. Okay. Yeah.
1: Are you going to do the in-between interviews and stuff?
0: Probably like not. Year? No, there's not going to be a lot of interviews in between because we wanted to concentrate on the narrative, on the fun of uh, the story that's being told. Yeah, so some interviews up front talking with the team about what the adventure is going to be about, what the new storyline is going to be all about. Uh, but then, yeah, we'll concentrate on the live play of, of the games itself going forward. It's That's going to be, gonna be amazing. Yeah, tons more details will be coming out over the next few weeks as we get up to June 1st, 2nd, and 3rd. So uh, keep paying attention right. to the uh, Widger's uh, Twitter account uh, as well as uh, all of our social media on Facebook and on Instagram. It's going to be tons of fun.
2: That's
1: going to be great.
0: Yes. you can always follow me at Greg Tito for all the information on that front. I will. Since I've been putting it all together uh, with the help of some awesome folks uh, who will be getting more and more recognition as we get closer along.
1: It was all you. It was
0: mostly Pelham. Mostly Pelham did most of it.
1: Pelham. I believe it. I believe to he call can it fly. Pelham's stream of many eyes. That's okay. PSOM. We're
0: rebranding it now. We'll change <laughs> all your
1: marketing materials. You
0: know what's funny though, too? It's like a day or two after Morning Canaan's Tome of Foes is out in the wild. It's out everywhere. Uh, so some of the then ticket holders. What
1: will we be talking about?
0: Yeah, we'll be talking about Morning Canaan's Tome of Foes right there because it's more May twenty eighth is when it will be available for all. Uh, so, uh, for those of you should be listening to the podcasts of Foes as they go out next week. Uh, that is a promotion where uh, twenty plus uh, uh, one shot episodes uh, featuring content from Morning Canaan's Tome of Foes will be going out on our Dungeon Delve RSS feed and our sister uh, podcast. I didn't feed. even
1: know we had a sister.
0: We have a sister. <laughs> It's where we put all of our live play d stuff. I did know that. You actually. did know that. Yeah. Uh, so that's there. Go check it out. Tons of great uh, audio live play podcasts happening there, some of which we have talked to on Dragon Talk before, yes. such as Sneak Attack, uh, dra- Dungeon Drunks, Drunks and Dragons, oh. uh, as well as the uh, some new ones. So the Broad Swords. Uh, Victoria Rogers Love actually put a lot of this uh together uh, talking to all of them. Uh but yeah, tons of great new content, previewing stuff from Morning Canyon's Tome of Foes, so I can't wait for that. That Me starts too. on May 7th. Two podcasts a day on that Dungeon Dale feed uh, until the release of Morning Canyons Tom of Foes in Game Stores on May 18th. Pretty sweet. Yeah. I know, so right? for
1: the stream of yes. Many Eyes. Yes. Are the all of the groups going to be playing adventures from the new story? Is it like a preview? It or, is like a preview. It's it similar
0: and... to Stream of Annihilation that they're, they're doing stuff in the vein of okay. it, uh, of, of the new storyline. So they're not going to spoil uh, too much. You'll okay. get some information about what makes it cool. Uh, but it will mostly be uh, about, um, you know, getting people jazzed for, for what makes uh, the, okay. the new storyline that we can't talk about. Uh, is fun and interesting.
1: Got it. Yeah. All right.
0: Lots of, lots of themes. Lots of maybe even some details. I'm in. It's going to be pretty fun.
1: I'll be watching.
0: All right, guys. Well, we have uh, an awesome uh, New Lore You Should Know segment coming at you. It is a fun one. Goofy D&D Adventures. What? Yeah. This is one that uh, I think I was suggested was by the that. crew. Uh, Chris Perkins and Matt Sernett uh, were excited to go through. There's a bunch of D&D Adventures that never quite uh, you know don't take it quite as seriously and are much more about comedy and I think that's uh, that's really great I love that we're gonna go into some of those uh, in a second right about now when the bing bongs begin Welcome to another segment of Lore You Should Know. I'm Greg Tito, and I'm joined by these amazing lore masters, Mr. Chris Perkins. Howdy. And Matt Cernit. Hello. And this is the segment where we delve into Dungeons & Dragons lore uh, for funsies and for stuff maybe you can use in your game as more background. Uh, But this one's more for the funsies side of things as we delve into goofy slash funny slash amazing D and D adventures of your, uh, so yeah, where, where's what's a good starting point?
2: Oh well, for those who don't know, most D and D adventures are kind of written straight, like no, not an abundance of humor, and that's because we generally assume that a group playing the adventure is going to inject their own brand of humor, and you know, right. bad dice rolls being what they are, everybody's there gonna will have their always own. Always be funny jokes. situations yeah. that erupt. There'll be in jokes that erupt, so an adventure never has to try particularly hard to be funny. However. Over the years, there have been several, dare I say hundreds? <laughs> <laughs> hundreds <laughs> of adventures you know, that have tried. That have, that have, to varying degrees of success, uh, <laughs> Try uh, too tackled hard. humor.
0: Yeah. Um, By actually writing it in yes, the room's description. And, some, and, and
2: sometimes it's been very uh, subtle, brand of humor, and mm-hmm. sometimes it's been way over the top, slapstick, just absolutely goofy beyond compare.
0: Yeah. How do you do that in a script like that, though? How, how, is, it, how is it presented? Um, give me some examples. Straight up no chaser. <laughs> yeah.
2: Straight up no chaser. All in, baby. All Is in. it in the, so, the read aloud text? Oh, in, yeah. It's yeah. everywhere. Yeah. It's, oh. in, it's often situational. Like we're gonna pair we're gonna take something that normally you would think of as a serious thing and we're going to turn it on its head or Got pair it. it with something peculiar. What's uh, uh, what's
0: a good example to so, start with?
2: Um, well first of all, before we jump in, let me just say it's all Gary Gygax's fault.
0: <laughs> okay, <laughs> for for many things, but uh, including because, this,
2: because one of the earliest adventures in the game um, that he designed was an adventure he wrote called "Expedition to the Barrier Peaks," mm-hmm. uh, module S three, which basically had the characters uh, fumbling through the mountains and discovering a crashed spaceship, mm. and then running around inside it, uh, only to find robots a uh a robotic exercise instructor or two. Uh, yeah. The wolf in sheep's clothing, which oh is gosh. a creature that looks like a tree stump with a little bunny-shaped mass on top of it uh, designed to lure you into its grasp so that it can eat you. Um, it introduced us to the Veggie pygmies Oh, the pygmies the, yeah, yeah. They made their first appearance there. Uh, These tall, small little moldy plant folk uh, born out of fungal spores from a rust, from a russet mold. Um, The froghemoth. The froghemoth was born there, this goofy-ass elephantine um, frog monster. Uh, And uh, all, of course, rendered in that wonderful kind of Errol Otis style of art that we have uh, grown to know and love. Right. So because he did that, he basically said put aside all that you know about what a d and adventure is and enjoy this absolutely insane romp uh, with laser guns and other things. Um, and that basically set the foundation for what would be a series of goofy-ass riffs. Um, and was it
0: because it was this uh, tongue-in-cheek uh, criticism of science fiction? It was, it was
2: more like a stretch. Uh, he, was, he was sort of showing you... You think you know what D and D is? Let me show you what D and D is. Ah. uh, kind of things that uh, he was prone to do. Gary also gave us a later first edition project, first edition venture called Dungeonland. Dungeonland, which is D and D's homage to Alice in Wonderland. Ah, okay. Where essentially you fall down a rabbit hole and you encounter the Mad Hatter, you encounter the Dormouse, you encounter the Queen of Hearts, you encounter the Walrus and the Carpenter all these figures sort of re-rendered in D&D terms. Mm. Um, and often they had their own unique statistics. This was followed up quickly thereafter by Gary Gygax's The Land Beyond the Magic Mirror, the sequel to Dungeonland, which is, of course, the sequel to um, through, the Look- or, through, through the Looking Through the Glass, is the sequel to Alice's Adventures in Wonderland. And so Gary tackled both books and riffed on them in D&D terms. And I believe at one point in *Beyond The, um, the Land Beyond the Magic Mirror, you can actually find... A house where there's a bunch of weird gizmos, including a VCR um, <laughs> and various other things that you don 't find in the normal world
0: was it gary 's house <laughs> probably <laughs> probably as described I believe
2: there was like like Merlin, one of the wizards had spent some time there or something, and Merlin's like you know guy running around with six shooters and weird ass things but um, it it was very very it was it, it again showed that you can have just a good time uh, doing weird ass adventures. In fact, I was so inspired by um, Dungeonland and The Land Beyond the Magic Mirror as a young'un that um, I wrote an adventure, which I'd later sort of develop and redo for a product called TSR Jam, which was an adventure collection in 1999. Mm. And I wrote an adventure that riffed on Jabberwocky. Um, oh, yeah. So, so that was basically me just putting on my weird Dungeonland hat for a while. So Gary was instrumental in... Um, Pushing the humor boundaries and injecting a lot of humor into his stories. Often with dark contrast. Yeah. So it kind of worked.
3: Right. So there's a table. If an android in Expedition to the Barrier Beak Peaks, oh, uh, right. <laughs> if it gets to grapple you, there's a table for what it results in uh, you know its grappling. Which include, you know, forearm smash, elbow uh, smash, uh, stranglehold. That's, that's
2: the wrestling uh, yeah.
3: trainer. Like, wrestling trainer. Uh, yeah. Leg broken, eardrums <laughs> ruptured, eyes gouged out, <laughs> nose bitten off, neck broken, dead. Um, <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> so, so I like not rolling hey, on a table to find out if my character died. Yeah, yeah. It, it
3: gets dark pretty fast. You just go yeah. to like, yeah, I'll do a wrestling match with a right robot. You know, that sounds yes. cool. Dead, dead.
2: dead. <laughs> so one of the things Gary was known for for was of course Castle Greyhawk Um, he had a version of Castle Greyhawk that he ran in his long-standing campaign that is not the version of Castle Greyhawk that ended up in the classic D&D first edition adventure WG7 Castle Greyhawk okay yeah, Um, which was a collection of adventures written by other people Um, I can't even say it was loosely inspired by Gary's campaign. No, it's
3: it's so crazily awry. Yeah, Yeah. it's
2: basically a collection of adventures nominally set in Castle Greyhawk Mm -hmm. that um, this was the first product, the first published TSR adventure, I think, that really kind of went over way into the slapstick. Oh, okay. Crazy, crazy stuff. Like, yeah. and one one level of the dungeon is you're hopping on a 747 and fighting a a bunch of giant bees, and <laughs> bee people. You know, like another one. Another level is Mordenkainen's magnificent movie set, where you're just basically running around a Hollywood set. Yeah. Oh no way. Really? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, uh, I had a, with, like, character who was killed
3: and... by I think a gingerbread golem. Right. Oh. Yes. Yeah. That's pretty yes. terrifying.
2: <laughs> <laughs> right. Yes. So there was a period, I think, in the. And I don't know what I can't remember what was happening in the world to warrant this uh, in the early '80s, where a lot of humor started to seep into the adventures. So that mm-hmm. may have been a product, yeah. Of it just- was,
3: and it was in a lot of different things. So, like, I mean, that that's also when you know Spelljammer was really a big thing, mm-hmm. and so. Tons of Spelljammer adventures are super goofy. One of my favorite um, goofy adventures is, uh, and by favorite I mean reviled,
0: um, <laughs> is City of the Gods. Which, oh! Which, uh, I remember is, looking at that cover and being like, what is going on with this? Which
3: just, I mean, frankly, it's unplayable. Like, the map is insane. Like, it's just this bizarro map with... Like thousands of red lines on it, and it's supposed to mean things, and <laughs> and, and then you have these characters in it, like uh, Besoro the drunkard, and uh, Brother Richard the flying monk, and uh, Bork Riesling. Um, you know, like it's clearly not meant Bork to be ta- taken seriously, but it's so so goofy. Is that supposed yeah. to be like a uh, uh, like a Buck Rogers? I don't know. Parody? I, I, I,
0: it's hard oh, for Queensland. me to fathom this
2: adventure, yeah. honestly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's another sort of delve into the science fiction world where you're basically running around an aircraft carrier.
0: Uh, oh, okay. So it's yeah. about like, a ga- uh, not Gamma World, but uh, 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 what's the one with the A? There, where you, you recently discovered you've been playing in a in a, um, a ship the whole time. Metamorphosis Alpha? That's the one I'm thinking of. Got it. Yeah. yeah, but that also has some goofiness to it, too. Yeah.
2: Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Um, so... Early on, the humor was starting to, you know, cement itself in the product. So that by the time, like, say, Dungeon Adventures magazine came out, um, you started to see them cropping up occasionally there as well. Mm. Um, the editors uh, were careful to moderate the amount of humor that they sort of did. But uh, one of the first adventures in one of the earliest adventures in Dungeon Magazine was in issue three, and this an adventure called Fluffy Goes to Heck. <laughs> Where you're basically playing pre-generated characters looking for a little dog named Fluffy who has been taken away by the Archduke of Lord of Heck, and so was it supposed to be like a kids' adventure? No, it's a it's an adventure for adults, but has a very sort of kiddie-like quality to it, and mm. the characters are all sort of weird, offbeat names like Kumquat and things like that. Right. Uh, but it was just it was really, really silly, and it actually there were a series of uh, Heck adventures. But they only published that one.
0: Oh, each of the several uh, layers we, of Heck.
2: Clearly, yes. <laughs> yes. You have to fully explore Heck to appreciate it. Yeah. Um, like the, the 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 Lord of Heck was basically this big fat demon guy wearing a diaper. Um, and yeah, it was like, oh, like way, way, yeah. way That way reaction beyond was pale. every
0: single person who read <laughs> it. But. Way beyond oh. the pale.
2: And, uh, but uh, some of the later adventures or some of the other earlier adventures were like in issue 21. There was an adventure called Rank Amateurs where you got to play the monsters. Um, You got to play goblins and orcs and hobgoblins, going off on an adventure for a hill giant chief. Mm. And so you could run into groups of adventurers or whatever and had to deal with that. Um, And that was kind of fun because it's funny... You're, you're probably not getting too invested in these goblin characters that you're playing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you actually have a mission and a goal that within the world makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that, that goblins do have things that they do. And some, sometimes those things, sometimes the orders that they're given from their stupid superiors um, uh, force them to do things that they wouldn't do otherwise. And that's ki- that was kind of a neat way to use humor um, in a way that fit within the context of the world.
3: Yeah, and, and then, it, it, there are definitely adventures that have uh, humorous elements that are still very serious. And so, like I think of uh, the Lost City, which has the Synodiceans who are these sort of like crazed cultists of
2: Zargon, and it's they live under this ziggurat in a desert, basically, and they wear these animal masks and, and, and they've completely lost themselves. Yeah,
3: they they act like weird animal people, and yeah. like you have to interact with them, and and there's weird fractious things going on there. But then it turns out. The whole adventure is really all about Zargon because it's this weird god monster that lives under the city that's going to rise up at any moment. I mean, it, and it's a yeah. crazy adventure, but you know, there are certainly you know humorous and funny elements of it, and I I I, I love that. Let's do it.
2: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> <Let's> <laughs> do I've, it. I've always been a fan of injecting little bits of humor into adventures, um, and sometimes the humor is in adventures where you wouldn't expect it. Take for instance Ravenloft. Yeah, which is. Many people would say it is not a funny adventure, and I'm one of them. I mean, it's it's straight up gothic horror. Yeah. But when you start crawling around in the catacombs under Ravenloft and you read the names on the different crypts, you can see that the writers were having some fun. Um, a lot of the names are bad puns. Right. Um, the The last crypt in the tomb is uh, contains the body of someone named Tetzal Eris. <laughs> <laughs> That's all there is. That's all there is. <laughs> so, so, then you have
0: to but yeah, you have
2: to know so the joke of the party of it can. Adventures. It's just got some fun in it. If you, if you want something that's truly goofy, dig out Dungeon Issue number 32, an adventure by Willie Walsh called Perlman's Curiosity, mm. which was the first published adventure to use a nilbog oh, okay. as the main antagonist. And for those who don't know, the nilbog, which is goblin spelled backward, is uh, was in, in the original Fiend Folio. And it was a monster that basically caused, had this sort of aura around it that would affect people and cause them to do things backwards and start talking backwards. Oh, okay. God. And so this whole adventure is a mystery based on the premise that a village has basically succumbed to Nilbogism mm. and people are doing things backwards and talking backwards and leaving backwards messages to each other and nobody knows why. And so you're basically hunting for the source and. Trying to find it, yep. and There's all the hilarity that ensues with and that. All the hilarity that ensues with that. I remember trying to run it. It was very, very hard to do. I, yeah, I was just going to say that really
0: depends right. on the performance yes. of the dungeon exactly, master a lot. Yes,
2: a lot weighed on really the delivery of the dungeon master because you can't do it in such a way that it just becomes yeah. How nonsensical. Can you naturally, talk backwards. Yes, because you know? it was actually each
0: right. word was spelled yes. backwards. Right. Exactly. Whoosh. yeah. That's difficult. Yeah. How, so uh, going back a little bit to when Guy did this, and then when others. Infected this kind of uh, uh, humor into the adventure writing itself. How is that perceived by the fandom and you know letters to the editor, that sort of thing? Varying degrees. <laughs> I had a friend who was a huge fan of Greyhawk, and when
2: uh, Castle Greyhawk came out, he was enraged. A lot of people were enraged by Castle Greyhawk <laughs> because they felt like that was that was not simple parody. That was almost mockery. Mm, um yeah. And so you don't you don't mock something as beloved as as Castle Greyhawk.
0: yeah. Unless you're marketing it as like that's what we're trying to right, do. Right. And it right? wasn't
2: readily apparent. Yes. If you looked at the cover art, for instance, it was a little bit goofy, but sort of in the style at the time. It yeah, sort of fit. I mean, just yeah. a bunch of monsters basically racing across a drawbridge. Yeah. Um, and you can't you can't
0: just be like, oh bait and switch, this is a funny thing. Right?
2: right. Yeah. You would have had to really been paying attention and reading the back cover copy to understand that this is probably not your this is not your grandpa Gary's Exactly uh, Castle Greyhawk. <laughs> Um, and honestly, the tethers to Castle Greyhawk were negligible. It could have been anywhere. Right. It didn't yeah. have to be there. And that's I think it. that's part of what, if you, don't do the, if you don't do the setting justice, then it comes across as mockery. Yeah. And a lot of people don't
3: like Spelljammer because of the amount of humor that was put in the Spelljammer. Right. Um, you know, some people don't like it just because the physics don't work that way. But a lot of people <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> don't like it because of how much humor is just inherent in the setting with GIF and deck apes and all kinds of things Miniature, like that. Miniature
2: giant space hamsters. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And yeah.
0: People don't. People. I mean, I guess it's a different taste for 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 every kind of Dungeons and Dragons game. You're like, oh, I mean did this gothic horror, or you know, this intrigue, or something, something like that. And for whatever reason, those little, you know, it's it's hard to run a serious a simulationist yeah. game with that as the source material. Well, yeah. especially when it's it's sort of the main dish.
3: Uh, I think Planescape managed to have a lot of humorous elements in it, but they ended up being kind of side dishes. So the mm. modrons are really weird, uh, and honestly, kind of creepy if you think about them too hard. Um, but. <laughs> But they're they're a side dish to the other side. I mean, there's lots of weird, you know, um, speech patterns and so on presented in the products, and um, sort of, and that lended kind of a sense of humor to a lot of it. Uh, there was a lot, of, but a lot of the humor and jokes and so on in, in the books themselves were kind of dark because it was kind of a dark setting, and so I, I think Planescape
0: managed to skirt the edge of that without, you know, falling down. Yeah. Yeah. There's something to be said too about, uh, as you, the, like most humor at the table comes from the players, comes from them. So if, right. if you're trying to do the source material and the normal humor that would come yeah. about it, I could see that yeah. being difficult.
2: Yes. And if you want to get away from humor just a second, just talk about Goofy. One of the other early adventures in D&D's history that falls on the Goofy side of the radar yeah. is um, Queen of the Demon Web Pets. Re- uh, yeah. Really? That's yes. Goofy? And I'll tell you why. So, for those who don't know, um, Queen of the Demon Web Pits is the culmination of a long series of adventures that started with the A series, which That's is the, the Slavers giants. series, yeah. followed by the Giants series, which is the G series, and, or sorry, uh, followed by the Giants series, and then followed by the D series, which is the Drow series. Uh, all those basically swell up into Module Q1, Queen of the Demon Web Pits. When My you fi- search turns
1: something up for Switch.
2: speaking of goofy my phone is listening to this conversation um which is which which basically takes the story into the abyss the the 66th layer or whatever to fight loth the demon queen of spiders yeah gary had written all the adventure had written the sort of the um the giant series adventures and the drow centric adventures and wanted to write Queen of the Demon Pits, but ran out of time because he was tied up with Temple of Elemental Evil. Mm-hmm. So he handed the ball off to David C. Sutherland, who finished it. Uh, basically, turned over a design draft. Right. And the web, the demon web itself, was sort of like this weird crisscrossing maze of corridors with a bunch of doors leading off into extra-dimensional spaces, which you could search. But in the end, you fight Loth, where aboard a spaceship. Oh, Loth's lair is a giant spider-shaped, spider-shaped spaceship.
0: In um, realm space or, or in, in Greyhawk in, space or whatever? In
2: the abyss. It's just sitting in the abyss. You can walk up to it. You can climb aboard it and start, like, pushing buttons and flipping levers and actually cause it to walk like a spider and, oh. and move around. Um, so uh, I remember when I, <laughs> when I picked up that adventure... And I, I was already sort of starting my players into the Giant Series, and I read that section. I'm like, you got to be kidding! Me. <laughs> <laughs> they're going to get all the way to the end of this multi series, multi part module series, thinking they're going to fight Loth in some abyssal location, right. and it turns out to be a giant metal spider ship.
0: Was it stepping on the it, web of the dungeon that no, you were just it was traveling? Just sort of on? Parked
2: somewhere, you know, oh. in a lot somewhere. <laughs> Uh, and you just Can't stomp work. around it. Yeah. And you, can, you can sort of try to figure out how the controls work and maybe, maybe cause it to walk around and do out. other things. Yeah, exactly.
3: There are other artifacts in the game that are like, I mean, and in, in magic items. So, um, yeah. you know, the apparatus of Qualish kind of has that aspect of it. Um, there's the machine of Lum the Mad. machine of Lum the Mad. And, and, and so on. So, so there's like a thread of button pushing and lever pushing in D&D. Um, and and it always comes with a little bit of goofiness. Like as soon as you put a big red button on something, goofy <laughs> things are going to happen. Candy colored red button. Yeah, right. yes. 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 So, so weird things happen. So
2: Makes yeah. sense. So that, that was my first real encounter with sort of old series goofiness that kind of I found abrasive at the time. Yeah. I can look back on that adventure now with fondness. And I, it would be fun to actually surprise the players in with, that way. With that is what's happening. Yes, but at the time, the level of goofiness just was completely offputting to me. Makes at, sense at that, that tender age, whatever I was.
0: <laughs> yeah. uh, all right. Well, that's uh, hopefully that all informed where we are now with uh, with creating adventures. Uh, like you said, like with the Curse of Strahd, when you were doing that, you I, I remember you were trying to make there be some uh, some humor uh, as yeah, part just of, sort of it.
2: In, t- to, I was pacing. trying to be faithful to the original adventure by yeah. having an equal amount of humor to what the original adventure had. Yeah, because if yes. you're all
0: dark, all awful all the time, it, that can often right. become
2: yes. as off-putting as it's so all goofy all goofy. When, all when I had my chance to stamp a name on one of the crypts, I chose... Uh, Elsa Von Twitterberg. She had a lot of
0: followers. (laughs) 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 I think I follow her. Uh, So thank you. That is a great uh, quick walk through some goofy D&D adventures. Maybe we'll revisit this topic with some more. Uh, there are so many more goofy so many and more. funny adventures
2: out there. We really we just scratched the, scratched the surface.
0: Uh, where can people point out their f- most favoritist, most reviled uh, goofy adventures to you?
2: Uh, I live aboard a drow spaceship <laughs> <laughs> <Just> <laughs> on the sixth layer of, of the abyss. <laughs> uh, and you can reach me at uh, Twitter at DND.
3: I am under a ziggurat, and <laughs> <laughs> I am being at, worshipped by mask-wearing <laughs> yes, infidels. Yes, yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh, and I am uh, at Cernet, S E R N E T T, and uh, you can follow me at Elsa von Twitterverse. Yeah. <laughs> I will answer all your questions there. <laughs> uh, thank you, guys, for that. Laura, you should know. Segment. We'll be back uh, next week with some more fun stuff. Talk to you soon. That was a pretty darn good uh, Laurie Cheneau. I guys, like that. Those guys make me laugh. Great. Uh, as does uh, Dungeons & Dragons when it's got that uh, kind of fun adventure thing happening. Um, so uh, let's let's perhaps transition into talking to our interviews. What do you think about I'm that? I'm ready. You ready? Ready. Is your is your body ready?
1: Woo! Woo! <laughs> our guests are awesome.
0: It's true. And we have uh, uh, Nate Sharp, uh, who people might know from Dice Camera Action, but is starting up a new show. Oh, Hello. Yeah. Hi everyone. And uh KG Tang, who is going to be dungeon mastering said new show.
4: Yes, I will be doing that thing. Hello, everyone.
0: Hello. Welcome. Uh so uh let's talk about Dark and Dicey. Where where did the idea uh for this show come from, Nate? Where, where the, the, I assuming I came from your from your head.
5: Yeah. I uh <laughs> Well, it, it comes from the addiction that I think everyone shares. It's like, okay, well, I need more campaigns and games to play in. Obviously, like one once a week is not enough. So, um, I was just I, I was putting together a group, and I was thinking, oh, who could play? And you know, um, KG came recommended to DM, and then I was I was looking at the group we had gotten together. I'm just like, this is a cool group, and I feel like this would be fun to. Fun to stream, uh, fun to make a show. So, um, you know, talk to you guys over Wizards, and now it's it's happening, and we're really excited.
1: Okay, so when the game when you first put together this group, it wasn't meant for a live stream. It was just I just want another group to play with.
5: Yeah, like, yeah.
4: Go ahead. Yeah, I feel like that's how it started out, right, Nate? Like uh-huh. we, we started talking. And it's like, hey, let's just let's let's play a D and D game. We you know we're a bunch of friends. We never played D and D together as a whole group, and uh, we're gonna we're aiming to change that right quick. So. And suddenly uh, <laughs> suddenly it became Dark and Dicey, which I am not complaining about. <laughs> I love the name. Yeah. Oh, yeah,
5: Something yeah. Like that always...
4: oh, that, that's all Christina, I think. Right, Nate? Mm-hmm. Like, I think she just sort of came up the top of her head. We were like, D&D, 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 Dark
5: and Dicey. Oh, yeah. That's <laughs> awesome. Because that initially uh, came up because it was uh, the campaign setting was this, like, not good. Like, I, I don't know if it's do we actually call it an evil Camp like it's more well, kind of like anti-hero we, we, sort of. Yeah,
4: yeah. We, it is more anti-hero, but we, we do call it like the quote unquote villain campaign because there are mm-hmm. no good characters mm, <laughs> among nice. characters. <laughs> nice.
5: Yeah. But that came <laughs> up because we were going over we were going over characters uh and what we wanted to play. And uh, uh Christina had played in a couple RPGs, but never like uh never Dungeons and Dragons. So she was like, "Oh, what are the different races?" and we're looking through and she sees Yuanti pure blood and she's like I want to be that. I'm like, okay. And then Katie Rob is like, those aren't good though. Like, you can't you can't be a good aligned character with that. You,
4: you, you may you may be murdered while trying to walk into a friendly town. Let's uh let's figure something out. Right.
5: Mm-hmm. And then uh that decision kind of led KG to bring up, hey, let's uh let's do an evil campaign or a villain campaign. And I was like, that sounds interesting because I've never actually played one. So it kind of just came from her wanting to be a snake lady—that this whole <laughs> thing kind of formed, and then uh, from that the name came up half jokingly. Until we were like, "Man, that actually works, though." So yeah, we right, really guys, like does. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So are you guys? I mean, is it going to go like full
0: Suicide Squad type thing of where people are obviously villains and have uh, dark tendencies, or more the anti-hero uh, way that you were that you were describing too, or is it a mix between some of the characters?
4: Uh, well, as it's turning out so, so far, it's it's far more anti-hero. I mean, they're they're villains in the sense that obviously you know they're not good people, but they're all these characters are all very earnest and true. They all have their own you know very uh, uh, deep seated ideologies, and they're they're real folks. So it's not so much they see themselves as villains; they're just very imperfect people. They've had shady pasts. They've had cruel, unnecessary things happen to them in their lives, and they've all wound up together, and they're sort of just sort of gonna. See if they can make their way in life, you know. So in that way, no, they're not great, but you know, they're not the worst people. All right, so they're basically <laughs> like other every, other, yeah. every other every other yeah. D anD D campaign. They're, <laughs> they're shades of gray, but leaning towards the darker part of the gray. <laughs> but they itself. they don't
1: like they work. You all work together. Like you're not or mm, or not yet to
5: be determined. I guess, okay. right? Sort of. <laughs> right. So far, it's um it it's been less like working it. together and more like tolerating each other to an extent. Okay. So we're. I mean, we've and, we've done what, like two practice yeah, sessions now. That's right. Like that. and, and I feel like
4: because I've I've um DM'd a number of of villain campaigns, and half the fun to me is always watching the uh the not the greatest people try to go towards one goal. You know. <laughs>
1: yeah. And
4: and I think mm-hmm. we've actually got that kind of uh, glued down at this point. I mean, Nate. Remember last time we've all the, the characters all sort of came together and decided like, yes, this is what they want to do because all of your all your personal backstories sort of line together with the main plot, which is nice. Um, so we don't have too much of that problem usually in villain campaigns. You have to worry about the players stabbing each other in the backs, you know. Yeah,
0: it can de- it can de evolve into that pretty quickly.
4: <laughs> yeah, right. Which can be fa- fun in its own right, but um, for a one, not one shot, one right? But not yeah, for like yeah a, definitely a one, one shot. shot. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so that's good. You guys I have heard. done a few uh,
0: uh, practice sessions. You guys are starting streaming on May fourteenth, right? Yes, sir. Correct. So, uh, so the, the, right now those practice sessions are just kind of like making sure everybody gels and you have like a ready is it going to be stuff that's canon for the characters? Uh, or were you going to like start clean on the 14th? Uh, uh, I think uh, it's going to be, oh, go ahead.
5: No, no. Uh,
4: so I was, I was probably going to say the exact same thing you were. Um, we have a couple of, uh, canon stories, uh, in the bag and we'll, we'll, uh, catch the audi- audience up, um, on the first, uh. On the first stream, uh, pretty efficiently. Um, not too much heavy story stuff has happened, so we can catch everyone up pretty quick. That makes sense. Um, yeah. yeah,
5: yeah. In addition to that, we have kind of we have our second session recorded, which uh, probably my guess is a week before or something like that. When we start streaming, we'll actually air that as like an episode zero. So, yeah.
4: like <laughs> we were testing uh, cameras out. and We're like, oh, cool, we can actually record yeah. this and see what it looks like.
5: Yeah. it's like, oh, it's actually like just a just a tech test ended up. Being like totally good to go, so we're like, oh, well, we'd be able to uh, let people take a good look at what happened.
0: Nice. And you're, uh, uh, Nate, you're playing a character
5: that's not Paulton right? Right, right. It's uh, it's why you say that, but yeah, I'm playing uh, Pluck. He is a swamp druid kenku, and he's <laughs> he's already so much fun because he's they great. they tend to be yeah they tend to be more on the neutral side and um not giving away too much of what happened in the uh, first couple episodes, but playing him has been... It's been a lot of fun. It was also kind of weird because a couple things happened in the first session where he wasn't exactly in his right mind, so... Mm. (laughs) So, uh, it's it's been interesting playing a new character right off the bat, something altering how he would actually act, and then going back to it, so he's... He's a little messed up, but it, it's appropriate. Like he, most he's Kenku. So it's a good right. name for I
4: love Kenkus. Yeah, Pluck is a good name for a Kenku. I, Pluck. Yeah, Pluck mm, a a Kenku. I yeah. didn't even think oh, about yeah. that, but yeah. the, the feathers. Oh, he, he's he's N- so Nate's, fun. I love Nate's him. Nate's already found a, a hilarious ways of abusing the Kenku, um, the mimicking. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to ask like, about that.
5: Yeah. Oh, oh that's been so fun to mess around with. Like It's it's such a different dynamic because a lot of... like. A lot of his uh, character traits, which, again, I'm trying not to spoil too much before the show actually starts, but a lot of it relies on him being very aware of dialogue, what's being said to him, what's happening, uh, A for the mimic and B for another trait of his. So it's been it's it's been really like like attentive, like I'm like really trying to take note and watch everything everyone's saying. Because anything that said or done, like he could potentially use like in the Yeah, there's there's
4: huge. very clever ways of Pluck getting out of situations just by parroting back um, a, a dialogue that I've given
5: on mm-hmm. uh, mm-hmm. the
4: part and, and you've already done it, Nate. So it's it's mm-hmm. I, I, I'm thrilled for the future <laughs> for Pluck. Yeah. It's
0: so cool. Are you doing it like just through through memory and, and actual mimicry alone?
5: Um it's a lot of it's uh, taking notes because the the character has probably a better memory than I do. <laughs>
0: <laughs> right, because that's the kenku's whole thing is that they can only you know reproduce yeah. sounds that they themselves have heard. Uh, mm-hmm. So I was wondering if there's. I mean, I've always had the dream of playing it with like an actual voice recorder. Uh, and then, <laughs> and then it, and creating oh. a soundboard on the fly, but I'm like, it would that would recall you know, like actual coding information, which I don't have. Uh, but don't I give me
4: ideas, he's he's well, I am, that's, it's too late. I, know, it. I,
0: I already saw it, I already saw him
5: turning. stroking his uh his non existent like, goatee there. Just put it, just putting my phone, voice memos, hit record, and then yes. just letting that run. And then when I find something, no, um. Yeah, a big a big thing cuz a lot of people a lot of people were curious about like, you know, how do you how do you give him a voice? Like what's his actual voice if he's just mimicking? So the thing we kind of went with is again, it's part of his backstory, but he spent some time with um a group of people and he kind of made that his home for like a few years where he was like kind of accepted. So his voice is actually just the voice of the people he grew up with cuz mm-hmm. at a certain point he uh, he branched away from his flock and then lived with some, uh, some other druids. So his voice is just the voice of those people. So Because like it is, Akenku doesn't have their own voice, but because he per spent se. so long with them, he was able to just mimic so much that it just kind of became his idle voice. That's really cool.
0: Uh, what are some of the other uh, characters that are going to be dropping into Dark and Dicey?
4: Well, we just um, announced Anna Brisbane, uh, and she'll be playing a Lightfoot halfling named Trixa. Um, let's see, uh, Christina V. Uh, obviously, will be playing that Yuanti pureblood that she wanted so badly named Anya. Oh, um, she
5: is oh my God, <laughs> she is
4: so much. <laughs> she's fantastic. She's, she's the closest she, I think uh, to an actual villain, villain, villain in our group. Mm-hmm. Um, she has stabbed a number of people already, but oh. um, yeah, <laughs> like you
5: do,
1: yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah like she's
5: she's kind of been the uh, the more or less the problem child. We have to, like, keep an eye that's, on and brain quote, in. Problem.
0: It's like the instigator. It's like yeah. the, that person yeah, 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 yeah. in, in the, the group that pushes the story forward. Right.
4: Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think Christine is going to be the person to be like, but why don't we use murder? You know? <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's to a T well, to that's what cool it is. Question. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. Sometimes it's the most effective way to get treasure. Yeah
4: absolutely mm-hmm. <laughs> it's going to be a lot of fun yep um and and i don't know if i'm allowed to announce any of the other cast members because we're kind of rolling them out as a you know like a surprise
5: every week on the dark and dicey twitter Um yeah. right well we've mate. announced we're not, we're uh not. we've announced, hunter, uh, who oh, have hunter, announced hunter yeah 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 who's uh playing kovacs and Oathbreaker paladin oh who's... yes the Oathbreaker. Yeah, this story is so intense and it's so cool to see like all that unfold. And then we do have one more player that's not announced yet. So we'll be announcing them uh, probably this week. Uh, I think it's just about ready. So my guess is like, maybe Thursday or Friday on the Dark and DC Twitter. But I think everyone's gonna get a kick out of not only the character, but who's playing him. It's really exciting. That is exciting, yeah. Mm-hmm.
4: yeah. I should mention, Hunter rolled the highest on all his stats, so expect the party to be putting him up up front most of the time. Oh man, he's, <laughs> he's, <laughs> he's, just, he's just gonna so take scary. it. scary.
0: <laughs> I love the Oathbreaker kind of story where it's like this fall from grace and then it's yeah. just a full on into evil. Uh, uh, that's super fun, And like the old Blackguard Uh, evil paladin type stuff uh, really, I don't know, there's just so much dramatic tension there.
4: I, I, yeah. yeah, and I love especially. I'm so sorry about that, Nate. Um, I was just gonna like praise Hunter for a second because he. Oh, uh, everyone sent me amazing backstories for their characters. Hunter wrote me a novel. Ah. <laughs> 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 he gave me so much lore to work with, and I incorporated a lot of that into the beginning backdrop. Like a lot of his backstory is the political upheaval that they find themselves in as the story starts. Ooh, cool. So I'm I'm so I'm I'm so happy that the players took it. Among, uh, amongst themselves to just write such lore-rich stories for their characters. It gives me a lot to work with.
5: So I was going to yeah, ask which, you, though. Oh, go ahead. Oh, no, finish. What I was going to say is um, going off of uh, how much backstory Hunter has, and especially with it being actually part of the story, it, it's funny because I don't think Hunter was even planning on it really being part of the uh, the campaign so much because like what's happened with his story has like become infamous in the world. And he's he's had to break the habit of introducing himself because literally every single time he's introduced himself, they're like, wait, you're the guy who did X, Y and Z. And then suddenly everyone wants to. (laughs) And it's gotten the party
4: into trouble multiple times now. Mm
5: -hmm. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, two sessions and already like three people have been like I know who you are. It's like shoot, because <laughs> the dungeon master's like, that's the guy that wrote the long backstory.
1: Right. <laughs> <laughs> Shouldn't have written so much. That's right. So, is it as a as a dungeon master different to run a, a villain campaign as opposed to a non villain campaign? Like, do you have new um, other tactics up your sleeve that you're going to use?
4: It's only more difficult in the sense that. Um, you, you have to be aware that these characters are on a very morally gray mm-hmm. scale. So, like, sometimes, like, when you're running a regular D&D group, you can just assume that the heroes will probably not want to burn down the orphanage, right? <laughs> um, Where in this, this situation, that could very well be a very legitimate way to proceed in the story. <laughs> so uh, I, uh, the, my, the trick is going to fall on me to make sure that the characters more or less work together and there 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 obviously will be parts where it's it's a lot of fun to watch them sort of plot against each other but um for for a story like this to work um i given them each a very strong reason to uh, coalesce into a group and we'll see how 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 good that works together yeah. we'll see how how well my plans come to fruition and and if they don't it'll be funny to watch it fall apart anyway so oh, yeah we're a lot of fun regardless
1: <laughs> so these backstories what was the directive that you gave the players and then what what, what did you how did you weave all of that into and i, I assume that you're going to be rolling out things throughout the campaign that they've Absolutely. provided to you but
4: Um, Well, I I took I took some of the major parts of everyone's backstories that they sent me and I have basically Put it together into a large over-encompassing storyline like they um, uh, Hunter's backstory weaves into everyone else's because it's so expansive, you know um, uh, everyone's lost something or everyone's seeking something and everyone is trying to Basically fill a hole that's been drilled into their lives, right? And it's all worked out so far with everything that people have written me that it all goes into one line of lore. Um, so it's a very strong, uh, um, uh, 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 what's the word I'm looking for, a very strong um, motivator mm. for these characters uh, to work together. I've asked everyone to basically, you know, it's like you're, you're all guilty of a crime. You all need to be, um, for one reason or another, you all start off on this prison barge, which is how they did. We all started them off on a prison ship. How funny Skyrim of you or, uh, yeah. or, or, or <laughs> Divinity love, and Original love, Sin of you? I love I love prison ships, man. It's a classic. <laughs> 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 uh, um, and yeah, I, I just I I can't wait for the next few sessions because I, I I just I'm just so excited to see these characters interact with each other and and try to and try to sort of claw the way towards their own goals.
1: Oh. Nate, do you know the other players' backstories, or are you finding it out as you guys play?
5: Um, I know. I know a good amount of Hunter, uh, the Oathbreaker's backstory, because he's he's a really, really good friend of mine that I'm with, like, I see him almost every day, so we're, you know, we've been talking about the D&D campaign a lot, and um, so he was, like, running ideas by me, and he's like, oh, here's what I'm thinking, blah, 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 and I'm like, oh, it's such a cool backstory, so I don't, I haven't seen, like, the final detailed version, but I have a really, really, uh, I, I basically have a good outline of what he did, and it's 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 pretty intense and then uh (laughs) with our uh with our you uh i've I've only gotten a vague thing because christina's wanted to try and keep me in the dark even though she's been like tempted to like talk about it a bit more but um, and and then um our other two players uh anna and unannounced uh i (laughs) I know i I love unannounced's work Uh, i know so good in that um, b movie uh out of everyone there um i probably hang out with them the least they're they're also super busy with their lives so i i haven't been able to really talk to them outside of actual sessions so i'm super in the dark over what they do all i know is that there's one point where anna's character something happened and it was terrifying and then lights went on and everyone was dead and i'm just like whoa Uh, what do you what do you do
1: worst surprise party
4: ever Oh yeah, Anna's character is at once the cutest character ever and also like the most terrifying ring girl you've ever seen in your life. Uh. I Ooh. I love her to death. That's super cool. She's she's like she's like the part like she's like the monster of the party if you can believe it this tiny 3-foot nothing person.
0: Ooh, I can't wait to see that yep. unfold. That
4: looks really interesting. <laughs>
0: That's cool. All right. So, how? What's the? Has everybody who's in the cast have they all played D anD D before? Are they experts? So they, you know, is is some of them some new to this? What's What's the uh, the experience range?
4: I think we I think range it, in experience, right, Nate? Like, um,
5: yeah, yeah, it, it kind of covers the whole spectrum. Um, obviously, most of my experience is through Dice Camera Action. Uh, Christina has experience with her RPG show, but it's a homebrew show and it's not D anD D, so she doesn't have experience with Fifth Edition proper. Um, let's see Anna I think literally just started playing her first campaign like a week before uh, we talked to her oh, about cool. being on the show yeah so she's super new to it is uh, obviously
4: experienced
5: <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Hunter, Hunter's had experience I I don't think with 5e I think he's played with like past editions and then I think Zach has had the same amount as probably Hunter so he's played in the past but you mean unannounced don't you Nate I didn't say a name, did I? Yeah. We'll ignore no. it. We'll. 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 No, we I, don't, said a, I, don't know. I said a first name. Okay, J.K. <laughs> Y'all didn't hear it.
0: <laughs> we'll Weep. ask the court reporter to uh, strike that from the record. Uh, yeah, that's yeah.
5: <laughs> no, cool. Plus, no problem. Uh, I don't know. We'll we'll treat that as like an early bird special for the people tuning hey in yeah. during.
0: That's right, because this this uh, podcast form won't go out until after you have announced the unannounced.
5: Oh, oh that's right. Go.
0: So good for yeah,
1: that. That's right, I and the Twitch know. audience is very good with secrets.
5: I, I, that's what I, I've I knew I was. I knew I was going to do that. I knew I was going to. I was like, yeah. I'm careful. I'm going to watch. I'm going to wash my mouth I'm and just not say a name. I was.
4: I was worried about the same thing. It's I'm gray. looking at the screen of my cast list and like, oh, don't say the word.
5: Blame <laughs> Tito. Time travel is
0: hard. It's. It's not. It's really hard. It's not an Tell exact science. It. Exactly.
5: <laughs> it's cool. I, I figured that would happen. Anyway, so with yeah, uh, so,
0: wide reach. Switching tracks a little bit to uh, to what's been going on with Paulton and uh, uh, the Dice camera action. There's been a lot of shattering of realities and things changing and shifting back and forth. What's mm-hmm. that all about? <laughs> Not as a question there, just being like, yeah, what
5: are you, what, how, are you okay? <laughs> is, pa- <laughs> is Paulton okay? <laughs> uh, people have been asking me about like Paul's thoughts on stuff because like there hasn't been like a big reaction and the thing I've been playing at is until like stuff starts really happening because like as soon as you know the stuff with evil happened it we just were thrown right into another scenario and then I was I, I guess it's just strong denial he hasn't even like tried to even fathom what happened he's just kind of like it's like, no, she's it's like it's like an, it's like a they're asleep scenario. Like right. you just got to get uh, they'll be back soon enough. It'll be fine. Like to where he hasn't even tried to, like, grasp what's happened. So no. that's kind of the angle he's been dealing with this at. So it, it wasn't until like at the end of the finale, when we started talking about like how to undo everything, how to fix it, that he really started to, like, realize, like, OK, this happened time to time to cope
0: right i love that uh uh, perkins is able to weave in this this stuff so you're almost not able to catch up but then when you do have those those catch up more intimate uh uh talking episodes they're so powerful Mm
5: -hmm. oh yeah yeah the all any kind of like campfire moments we have are always just like all right time to spill emotions and tears and just like (laughs) lay it all out there yeah can't wait for that
0: Good. I, I wonder if the next the premiere is going to be that one, or if he's going to throw you right back into the fire again. It's always always hard to tell with him. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Does he know? I, does. does he even know? I, I I think he's got broad strokes. He yeah, he's got like an, a little
0: in advance. But. Yeah, he's like a he's like a uh, uh, Bob Ross where he has oh. the sketch. <laughs> he
1: has like mm-hmm. a.
0: He knows D&D that the
5: happy tree is going to go on the pallet somewhere, <laughs> but it's mostly unhappy, tear, you know, <laughs> sad trees <Weeping laughs> that are <willows>. weeping. <laughs> he, he he still makes it work though. I, I, it's it's magic, I swear. Like I watched his uh his uh the the finale. The I think it was on D and D Beyond where they were asking him about the finale, and he mm-hmm. was talking about like you know like all right, season three, Tomb of Annihilation. The first half of the season is going to be getting to the tomb. The second half is dealing with the tomb. like, And now we're at the finale and they haven't even, like, gotten to the tomb. So (laughs) it's just like... You never know. You never know. And it's so fun that way, too, you know?
1: Yeah.
5: You had said it was your first
0: uh, kind of experience playing D&D, right? So what what does it mean having this, you know, crazy story happen and unfold? uh, And it seems to have pulled you
5: in. (laughs) I'd say this is... Cause my, my first experience were sessions that lasted like probably like three or four meetings and then like people's lives happens. And like I've before Dice Camera, well, since starting the India, like I've probably started in like five or six groups and none of them really last too long because, you know, especially out here in LA, it's like, oh, the drive or finding time and stuff like that. Trying to get actors
4: together is like herding kittens, you know? Yeah.
5: Yeah. It's, it's. (laughs) It's always tough. So this is with this is the longest and definitely like most impactful D&D story I've ever been a part of. And like some of the stuff that happens is just like I, I didn't know it could get so like personal to the character. I didn't realize that was ever a potential in D&D, even mm. in the groups where I'd been in like four or five, you know, I always thought it was just like, oh, write your backstory and maybe at some point you'll talk to it in like some like like you said, like some campfire episode. Or something like that. But I I never really took into account, like, oh, no, the actual setting, the story is going to really bring that too. Instead of like, oh, you're going to interact with these NPCs and you're either going to kill them or you're going to help them with their quest, if that makes sense, you know?
0: Right. There's a conception of it where it almost feels more like a video gamey, right? Where you're like, oh, I'm just going to do this. But having Chris uh, Perkins throwing those like screwballs at you with mm -hmm. the actual backstory involved, and it sounds similar to what KG's doing with uh, Dark and Dicey, too, is to, like, have it be integrated immediately uh, is, is pretty exciting.
5: Yeah, it's really cool. Do you think Paulton will ever show up in Dark and Dicey? <laughs> that, that would be so tricky, but I have... <laughs> I have wondered about that. Um, it's playing, playing two very... Different and yet similar characters at the same time in the same thing would be would be a challenge. But then again in the I guess spoilers for the finale, we played um, Us versus Evil Us. so I, I guess it's possible. Oh evil um, Paulton,
0: yeah, like uh, awful
5: awful Paulton could, uh, yeah, could could show end up, up
1: in dark Yeah fantasy.
5: it could be. one thing, one thing I was always because uh, uh, I, I posted about uh, Pluck when we announced it. And I was talking about them, and Holly's just like, I really want Pluck and Strix to be friends. I'm like, yes, more than anything, that would be amazing. Because oh I feel like they'd, be, they'd yeah. be, they would click really well. Holly loves birds. It's yeah. perfect. Mm hmm. It's it's so that perfect. Seems so. A
1: little metagamey.
5: Yeah. <laughs> exactly. little bit, of course but, she
1: would like a Kangaroo.
0: <laughs> right. Oh my God. Did you see I mean, that amazing? Uh, this is kind of not directly on topic, but the Kenku cosplayer who is up oh, at Emerald yeah. City Comic
5: Con. I was watching that video earlier today. It's so good. It's amazing. It's so awesome. Yeah. Someone yeah. will
4: have to link me to that afterwards. I would love to see that. It's oh, yeah. so, it's, really cool. uh, it's worthwhile. I think literally,
5: I'm sure if you YouTube Kenku cosplay, it'll be like the first result because it's All so right, got legit. it. <laughs> yeah. Uh so.
0: Todd uh, spoke to, Todd Kenrick from D&D Beyond spoke to her at uh, uh, Emerald City Comic Con and she gave her interview in costume and mm-hmm. as her jaw is moving up and down, the beak of the uh, Kenku moves up and down. What? It's oh, sweet. sweet. Yeah, she's got she's got all the movements down and everything. Uh, really great work. Yep. Uh, oh, so inspiration awesome. for so, uh, for for pluck for sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: A friend for pluck. A
0: friend.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: Oh. <laughs> <He's hoping. laughs> so uh, KG, have you ever DM'd live on a live stream before?
4: On a live stream, no. I mean, I've, I've DM'd plenty of stuff ranging from, you know, your, your World of Darkness games to your Pathfinders to your D20 Moderns. Um, and we, we've sometimes uh, recorded uh, some of the uh, sessions, but never on live streams. So it's going to be interesting for everyone involved. So everybody okay.
1: was cool with this idea and you're like, hey, let's take this thing live. Everyone was yeah. like, I'm doing it. We're doing it. No problem. Yeah. Nobody had any apprehensions.
4: No, I think, no, she, I think we, we were all into the idea. You're like, projecting. I think Shelly's totally projecting, projecting,
1: <laughs> especially like the new players. I okay.
0: Yeah, it's. I think it's. Uh, I think it's going to be exciting. Uh, yeah, for sure. It sounds like, KJ you've got. Uh, you know, when, when did you start playing uh, role-playing games or D and D?
4: Oh man, um, uh, it's uh, probably somewhere around late middle school, early high school, was my first Vampire the Masquerade game. Ooh, Nice. <laughs> And we've just sort of proceeded along ever since. Yeah, I, I've been playing uh, on and off for many, many years. That's awesome.
0: And you're a, a voice actor, is that right?
4: Yes, yes, voice actor for mostly video games, Japanese animation, some commercials, some movies. Yeah.
0: Nice, so you get, oh,
5: really? whatever,
1: those, get
4: my-
0: you get to bring those skills to Dungeon Mastering.
1: Yes, you yeah, do a lot dude. of voices for the NPCs.
5: <laughs> yeah. yeah uh, it, oh, sorry, if good, if I may you. chime in, that's been like a super super entertaining part is all these npcs with like these really diverse voices and stuff and it's just like oh yeah that, that's right that's that's his that's his day job and he's really good at that so it's been really cool to see him bringing so many different characters to life all at once
1: that is cool
0: was uh were you always uh fascinated with the uh, vocal talent when you were dungeon mastering vampire the masquerade were you doing that too
4: no, voiceover was a completely random uh, thing that happened in my life. I, I did uh, on-camera acting when I first came to Los Angeles. Okay. And uh, like most voice actors I know, I just randomly fell into it face first. Um, like I did a I did a, a dubbing show. I'm, not, I'm sorry, I'm not a dubbing show. A podcast for a dubbing studio. Um, and then through that, I met a director there and they threw me into a show. And I've just been sort of doing it ever since. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, it's become one of the great passions of my life. You know, voiceover, my wife... Video games (laughs) in in that order. (laughs) No, no, honey,
1: you're first. I've got contraband video games. (laughs) That's That's all that matters. (laughs) Still, still good. (laughs) (laughs) You're number
0: two. It's uh, it's It's a good number to be. (laughs) That's pretty amazing. Yeah, I've I've noticed that with a lot of voice actors too. where it's like not necessarily a like track. That you follow in from, you know, acting or drama school or something like that, but that you're like, oh, there's this whole, you know, proliferation of jobs that you can jump into and it feels just as much as performance as anything else. But
1: it's weird because it's a super talent. Yeah. Because it's not just like, I mean, acting is also a talent, but voice acting, you have to already be good at voices.
4: Luckily, Shelly's really good at voices.
1: I yeah, I am really
4: good at that. <laughs> Well, you should join <laughs> us in working... Behind the mic, sometime and yes,
1: you could, I mean I, I should. If you I'll ever you need, a, if you games, need a C three PO, I can do that.
4: <laughs> Next, Chung Li, it'll be great. <laughs>
1: I can do a pretty good Long Island accent. Oh. Yeah.
0: I've never heard that one. Not
1: later. Later. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no show.
0: You can't, you can't just say I have a talent not with a mic in front of you and not do it.
1: Not in front of, like, real talented actors. <laughs> <laughs> you, it's a workshop.
0: You could do some, give us some pointers. It'll
4: be like. No, that's right. that's I don't. I can't do to, cool. uh,
0: no, it's a masterclass thing, right? You know. <laughs> <laughs> join his, join his Patreon. No, it's fine. still
1: like that day that I busted out my Kermit the Frog in front of Matt Mercer, and he just stared at me like, <laughs> 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 "Okay." <laughs> just, Maybe you did, that. Like, you
4: stunned him into silence.
1: He was like, <laughs> "She's brilliant." <laughs> Where has she been? <laughs> She's gonna put us all out of business. <laughs> Carefully
0: considering the competition. <laughs> I think it was more like, is she making fun of me? I can't tell. <laughs> and then
1: he did like an Ernie or like a Big Bird or something, and like and then just walked off. I'm like,
0: no, it was you, uh-huh. you were showing your your Bert impression, <laughs> right? and then he just did Kermit the Frog, which was actually yeah. good.
1: No, it was really good.
0: <laughs> it was it was put great. me in my place. It was like a Talia. mic drop moment. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: So ever since then I don't do my voice my voice talent <laughs> On in Mike. front of like real talent. Yeah,
0: that's probably a good idea. <laughs> we just we just like to talk about it with you guys. That's what it's all about.
1: Yep. Yep.
0: Uh so uh Monday nights is gonna be the streaming time for you guys, right? Seven PM? Yes, sir. hmm That's seven PM Pacific. That's pretty exciting. Every week uh over the summer, uh I'm excited uh about dark and dicey. Uh,
1: Me too. I, I, it's I a feel good like, summer show. It sounds like.
0: Yeah, you can just jump into it. Yep. And uh, and feel the, the equivalent
1: of a beach read, but it's a live stream. What mm-hmm. is that
0: about beach reads? That there are they're always like kind of got a little bit of nastiness to them.
1: Know, we like villains. What can I say?
0: Yeah, I guess that's true.
4: <laughs> you can work that metaphor all day. Mm-hmm. Um,
0: I had a friend who always said the Godfather was like the perfect beach read. Oh. No. Are you guys? Uh, are you taking any inspirations from like I don't know why exactly, but are you taking inspirations from from like real crime movies or the Godfellas or something like that when you're crafting oh, the story?
4: There, there, there will be there will be uh, one or more mob type organizations involved. Yes, I have that plan. So in in that way, yes, absolutely, there will be <laughs> other um, so um,
0: so so <laughs> Watching the Sopranos for for inspiration. <laughs> I love it.
1: Mm, that would be good.
4: We'll put Pluck in a suit. It'll be great. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. That'd be, that'd be
5: amazing. We'll have, have a have dapper a- episode of dark, dark and Dicey, you know? Yeah. They clean up. Yes. Thing. Yeah. We'll have Mad Men. Uh, we'll have an Ocean's 5 episode. Ocean's 5. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, a heist type thing. So, yeah. Is it gonna?
0: Is it set in uh, the Forgotten Realms uh, where, where everything else that's been going on on the, on the D&D Twitch channel is?
4: Um, it, it, it is, but I have uh, created a custom island nation for this game, okay. so it, it won't be found anywhere else in like lore books and stuff, but um, uh, this is an island nation called the Blacksteel Isles. It's very rich, and it's ruled by pretty corrupt mageocracy. Oh. Ooh, a mageocracy. Yeah. yeah, a mageocracy. People are uh, folks who visit the island must have a identification bracelet, and they are not allowed to use magic unless they have permission from the mageocracy. <laughs>
0: Ooh, creepy!
1: Oh, it's
0: like a police state. So you're almost like rooting for the underdogs. Why here. do you visit? That's
1: true. What's why am I coming to this island? Not, to uh, not visit exactly country? by choice. Oh, the, by prison a very,
4: boat. Yeah, uh, it's a, it's a very it's an economic powerhouse nation, which is why people are forced to do trade with them and visit. Hmm. Cool. Hmm. Uh,
0: so, But but you can travel to, say, the Sword Coast or something like that. You could go to Neverwinter or uh, uh, up and
4: down. Yes, yes, that, that, that would be possible. Yes.
0: Neat. Through teleportation, of course. If you get, yeah, of course. If, if you get the right <laughs> permission. permission. If, yeah, yeah, if you get the right bracelet. We <laughs> <laughs> have to get the right forms together, sign That's this in- That takes a long
1: time. It's like getting a permit from the city. Not your
4: eyes.
5: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Pluck almost learned the hard way that he needs permission to use stuff. It's just like, oh, I'll just do this thing. And then all of a sudden it's like, Oh, I I'm sorry. Um I I won't do it again.
4: There, there are a series <laughs> of security systems on the island to to enforce that rule and uh pluck almost made martyrs out of their entire party <laughs> in the second sitting. So I can't wait for the third and fourth. That's awesome.
1: Yeah. I
0: like it. Uh so I like the idea too of there being, you know, not just Paulton crossover, but maybe Strix uh and uh, some other folks from Dice Camera Action or other uh, uh people on the channel.
5: I I mean I would hope that'd be amazing. That'd be so much fun. Yeah. I love that whole idea of like
0: a, uh, a Marvel Cinematic Universe type thing of like crossover. Oh, that'd be so cool. Yeah. Right? <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh so sweet. We'll have to make sure that all happens uh as much as possible as the as the as the weeks go by. Oh yeah definitely. Uh, what are you most looking forward to uh, hearing or getting things happening through uh, this story Nate
5: um i I'm definitely looking forward to seeing on how like how pluck unfolds because again it's like as much as you plan, you don't know where the story's gonna go. I learned that I've learned that very much so with uh with Paulton and how how the world has like unfolded around him and how much it's changed the original vision I had for him in like an amazing way so uh pluck knowing knowing his background and knowing like how he handles things um for a broad term I'd say he he's not good with stress so this whole scenario (laughs) does not seem (laughs) like yeah so he uh this doesn't this already seems like a not ideal place for him, which is going to bring out the best worst in him. So especially with
4: Christina's character constantly mm-hmm. calling Pluck like chicken man or. Chicken oh. Man. Oh. oh, yeah. poor She's Pluck. the worst. Yeah. Oh, he's...
5: <laughs> we had a moment where um, it was when he was in his his uh, altered state of mind to where because like he he's he's kind of a little guy. He's like a little picked on. And, uh, our, our fifth player was like unsure about him. He's just like, yeah, whatever. He's just a dumb bird person. And then, um, in his, in his panic, he just unleashes like just really strong magic right off the bat to which, uh, our fifth player like walked over. He's just like, I'm so sorry. I, (laughs) I, I, if there's anything you need, I, I didn't mean to be rude to you and just, you, you, you let me know if you're good. So he's. He's a wild card, but he's... I, I, and I think every player in this is a bit of a wild card, yeah, which makes good. it fun and stressful.
0: Right. <laughs> and Christina...
4: You how like my sessions.
0: You, you mentioned Christina's your fiancé, right? Mm-hmm. What's that like playing together? Uh, does the chicken man ever... <laughs> uh, Take it out in real life? After the session, you're always like, hey... Um. That was really hurtful. <laughs> I know there was just our characters you know talking I'm to McKenna. each other, but... Yeah, know, right, it's
5: no we we actually talk about that and i mean me personally i love the dynamic because i don't know i feel like a lot of people might predict like oh you know uh Nate and christina are playing together let's see like what kind of like you know love like, birds. love story and stuff unfolds <laughs> and meanwhile birds. we we just our characters just hate each other <laughs> and like he is he is just so terrified of her and is just like please please don't kill me and just leave me alone and stop being mean to me and it's it's a really fun dynamic her dynamic with everyone is kind of uh yeah i'll just say everyone's kind of like mm, this we don't know about this one so <laughs> it's been a ton of fun
0: having planned a wedding uh it seems like this is very much like a microcosm of what's
1: happening in your relationship
4: (laughs) 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 this is going to save you a ton of money on therapy later yeah Yeah, right it's
1: it's good for couples for sure
4: it's right Mm -hmm.
5: work through your problems in game that's right (laughs) it's great it's it's so awesome i love it it's been definitely it definitely for for only being two sessions in, like, from a narrative standpoint, it's definitely been, like, the most impactful story, like, just right off the bat. Like, oh, cool. we were just thrown in and everything's already, like, really crazy. So, and that's what I love about it.
1: Is there an end point to this? Or are you guys just going to keep playing or do you have in mind, like, ten episodes or and then hiatus? I, or?
4: I, I have an end point. It's just, um you know, uh, I don't, uh, I'm not quite sure how many sessions it's going to take us to get to it. But it, there there is definitely an end to the story.
5: Okay. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think uh, because we're, we're not going to be – we're going to shoot to play every week, but everyone also has, like, you know, conventions. I have touring, a lot of other events. So I think we're going to do – we're going to shoot for almost every Monday, I think until, like, the end of the year to see how it oh, goes, wow. I think is what we're mm-hmm. – I'm, I'm not entirely sure. I need to look at scheduling again. But I think we've got at least a good, like, few months that we're going to – see how this goes.
0: So yeah. I like the model that, that that Perkins has started with, like having like arcs almost like a uh, like a like a TV show. Yeah. Like it's I like, all too. right, this is going to have this portion of the story is going to have a beginning, a middle and an end. But then you can always tell another story that's maybe related or or completely different, you know, yeah. uh, after that. So it's, mm-hmm. it's a great model to fall under when we're doing this on a weekly basis. Right. So that it doesn't always end yeah. up being like, oh, it's the same story. It's the same story for you right. know, 300 sessions. Right. And it feels like there's uh, waves. That exotic and, uh, content. Yes, dramatic arcs, and that'll be your job, KG, to make yeah. sure it all yes, I, fits I into that. Not to
4: disappoint. Up
1: to the challenge. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome.
0: Uh, so, I, God, I don't want to ask you too many questions, KG, because I don't want it to spoil what's going to happen in the future. But uh, what's the, what's what's the dynamic going uh, to feel like? Uh, when, uh, you know, uh, you introduce all the, these, these different people to like performing live. I mean, are, are you, are you going to take feedback from the oh, yeah. uh, chat or, you know, I, I mean, what that's been a big part of the dice camera action dynamic is having the Reddit thread kind of contribute and having fan art and things like that. Uh, Oh
4: yeah. I, I'm really, really actually looking forward to that. I, I love interacting with folks online and, uh, you know, I, I've, I, I, I have my own personal DMing style, but I, I'm always open to, you know, suggestions, especially really good suggestions and ideas. I like to incorporate as much as I can. So, you know, hey, if if it makes me a better DM by the end of the day, I ain't got nothing wrong with that, you know? For sure. It's good. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And they could also uh I, I mean I love everybody on the on the D D Twitch channel is very good at uh pointing out stuff that uh, you know, the characters and the chat usually have better memories than we do.
1: Oh yeah.
4: <laughs> I'm sure I'll be called on. It's like, well, it's uh, that that rule here was specifically blah blah blah. But uh, <laughs> I, I'm also looking forward to that because you know I I'm I, I'm one of those DMs. I don't know about you, but like you know when 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 you're playing and um, no one really you know we brain fart on a rule. I feel like it's a lot more fun to make your best judgment call and then just proceed with the story instead of stopping everything. It's like turning to page 296 and here it is and this is exactly how it has to happen. That's always the best
0: video content is to have five people (laughs) flipping through books.
4: <laughs>
1: and then arguing about the interpretation, right.
5: yeah, so. exactly. Yeah. Super entertaining.
0: Yeah, <laughs> but that's that's my favorite style, even off camera as well. Is just uh, making a split, you know, second decision, and then just rolling yep. with the consequences after that. Yeah. You know, yeah. and then leaning into some like if Shelley's like, "Oh no, it's this way," and I'm like, "All right, cool." What Shelley says, and, and we'll kind of go from there. And that uh, I think it just lends itself to a better kind of cooperative storytelling dynamic. Uh, Ditto.
4: Ditto. Ditto. Absolutely yeah. agree.
0: Cool. It's good stuff. It's good stuff all around, guys. Uh, again, we don't want to get too much into it. Once the show starts, we'll be able to ask you more pointed questions and uh, get to it and find out what the unannounced character is and what that's going to be all about, too. Oh,
4: yeah, I'm mm-hmm. so excited. I, 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 he, the, the unannounced player and his character, are is, 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 his, his backstory is, is one of my favorites, personally, because it's, it's one of the... It's one of the most solid lines that draws everyone in, along with hunters. you know um he uh, uh, this other player gave me almo- an almost as detailed backstory, which I incorporated a lot of stuff from. and there's a lot of juicy stuff in there, and I really I can't wait to share it with folks when we start this.
1: So their backstories did that inform the story, or did you already have the story in mind and you just wove the backstory into it?
4: I had the story in mind, and it, it, it just turned out um, that all the characters' backstories wove in really perfectly. Oh, that's good. Mm. You know, and that's 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 pretty rare. And so I was thrilled that everything seemed to coalesce together in, in such a beautiful way. And I, I, I want to be able to tell you more about it, but I, I that would get into like super spoilers territory, and I can't.
0: Yeah. So we'll have to so, have uh, you guys back yeah. on in a couple of months and uh, uh, talk through all of it. Hopefully, meet some more of the cast members as well. That'd be really absolutely. Fun. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Cool beans. Uh, so and Nate, you were saying you're going to be, are you, you got some tour stuff coming up too. I don't know if everyone realizes who's
5: listening that you're also a, uh, full on professional musician. Yeah, that's correct. I, um, I mentioned tour and I've, I've already said I'm planning on touring right now. We're still planning it, but, uh, so right now there's no dates or anything to announce. Uh, the only thing I can say about that is expected, uh, like probably, Fall of this year, sometime in there. But um, the main thing is, I do have a new album coming out in about a month. It drops June first. I'm really excited oh, nice. about it. Yeah, and uh, it's it's a really cool one. And so far, the reception's been really great. Um, there is a song on there that may or may not have been somewhat influenced by an ordeal Paulton went through. Oh. So no way, really. If, uh, That's it's, cool. It's, it's not too on the nose, but anyone who's watched Dice Camera Action will probably hear and be like, oh, okay, this is the song. So it's going to be cool. I'm excited for it. That is cool.
0: Yeah, a lot of stuff happening on June 1st. Uh, should be pretty exciting. Can't wait to yeah. listen to that. Uh, and maybe one day, uh, having all four of uh, Dice Camera Action together on, uh, uh, on stage at one time. That'd be really cool. That would be cool. Sounds like something that should happen. <laughs> yeah,
1: make it happen, Tito.
0: All right, fine. I'll try. All right. <laughs> we're on it. Well, thanks you guys uh, for coming by. What's uh, what? Uh, why don't you just uh, name off all your uh, where people can find out about your music uh, or where people can follow uh, videos and stuff like that, uh, mm-hmm. Nate? Where, where can they find
2: it?
5: Yeah. Uh, so for me, if you like, you know, music videos and stuff, you can check me out on YouTube.com/slash/GiveHeartRecords, uh or just follow me. It's on the screen at Nate Wants to BTL. And then uh, I saw a couple of people asking if. Uh, Dark and Dicey starting this Monday or next Monday. It's actually May 14th. It's the 14th, right? Right. It is the 14th. Okay. Yeah. So <laughs> it's it's in, a, I think, three weeks, something like that. Sometime soon, from, like that. From um, now, yes. Yeah from, from, yeah. from
0: when we're recording this, but uh, from when this oh, goes right. live uh, uh, to a week and a half. Uh, so from when this yeah. is not a podcast thing. So May 14th.
5: Yeah. May 14th. Really excited. It's 7 gonna be p.m. Pacific a ton time. Of fun.
0: 7 yes. p.m. Pacific. Uh, and uh, KG, what about you? Where can people follow
4: you and what you're all about? Well, I mainly live on Twitter, and you can find me at just KG Tang on Twitter. Um, also, I have a public Facebook page. I think it's KG Tang Voice Monkey. Yeah. <laughs> and for uh, fans of my voice work, uh, if you want to check it out right now, um, Detective Pikachu was just released, and you can hear me as um, Detective Pikachu. <laughs> no way, really? Oh. Yeah, that's yeah. you. I didn't know that. That's, that's you, right, Detective <laughs> Pikachu. <laughs> Wow! Pikachu playing Dark and Dicey. He'll be a uh, he'll be a bonus character. That's
0: awesome! Yeah, <laughs> we should have mentioned that up front. <laughs> oh. I've, I've, well, i well, I'm not a huge into the, the the Pokemon fandom, but I've heard a lot of people talking about uh, that and how they're really excited about it. So, uh, uh, congratulations! That's going to be really fun.
4: Thank you, thank you so much, man. Is I can't that... wait to see Ryan Reynolds take on it while I'm the, in the live action
0: movie. That's gonna be, <laughs> that's going to be amazing. Exactly, good stuff. <laughs> Uh, all right. Well uh thank you guys and uh I can't wait for May 14th to drop. Uh in the meantime, we will definitely have you back on uh and uh talk more about all your characters and all the crap they've been up to.
4: <laughs> awesome, dude.
0: Heck yeah. Well, thank, thank you, so you. Much for having us. Right, yeah, our
1: thanks a lot. thanks guys. Bye. Bye.
0: Oh man, I like good uh good uh, talking to those guys. I can't wait to see that show when it comes out.
1: I love it. I Look, love it already.
0: They got lots of fun stuff happening. Uh, So we've got uh, some fun stuff happening here, too. Don't forget about the stream of Many Eyes. That's June 1st, 2nd, and 3rd. It's in Los Angeles. If you can, buy tickets on June 3rd to come see some of your favorite streamers play Dungeons & Dragons Live. You get to be a part of the studio audience. And tour
1: the set. And tour the set, yeah. And you get to meet everybody.
0: And even if you want to be in uh, costume, I think that might also be pretty cool. Oh, yeah. You know, show off your D&D character to... The people who will also be in costume as D&D characters. Why
1: not? Why not? Do it up. That's awesome. It's going
0: to be an extravaganza. Lots of cosplay. So uh, buy your tickets. Go check it out. Again, it's at uh, dnd.wizards.com slash S-O-M-E. Lots of things happening there. Uh, and, and listen to uh, Morning Canyon's Tome of Foes uh, promotion podcast of foes starting on May 7th. Uh, sorry, was it May 7th?
1: I think so. Yeah. Yeah. What you said That's before. what I said before, so mm-hmm. it
0: must be true. Um, uh, that is on our Dungeon Delve RSS feed. You can check out two new one-shot adventures from more than twenty podcasts, uh, live-action podcasts out there. Ones you should listen to—they are tons of fun. There's D20 Dames is going to be doing uh, oh, one, nice uh, as well as uh, some other fun stuff of people that we've spoken to before. So go check it out. Uh, go follow Dungeon Delve uh, right now if you can. Uh yeah, it's it's good stuff. There's you meet in a tavern, there is uh D D is for nerds, Nerd <laughs> Poker is doing one. They are? Yeah, oh as my God, that's well. As well awesome. as uh the Venture Maidens, uh who we spoke to Celeste yeah. uh, uh, and those that crew. Uh so it's it's super fun stuff. And I can't wait uh for you guys all to listen to it as we're leading up to and getting excited for our Morning Canyon's Tome of Foes on uh the eighteenth of May in game stores. Can't wait. All right. Uh, follow me on Twitter. I'm at Greg Tito. Where can people follow you?
1: You can follow me on Twitter as well, at Shelly Moo.
0: Nice. Yeah. And you can find out some Avalon Hill goings on.
1: Avalon Hill 2. The
0: number 2. The number 2. Yeah. It's spelled out the number 2?
1: It's the numeral <laughs> 2. Oh,
0: okay. Just the numeral 2. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> and you can find out about all that <laughs> uh, stuff of course at uh, DungeonsAndDragons.com the over here. and the Twitter handle Wizards underscore DND and like us on Facebook while you get a chance too yeah all like right.
1: Avalon Hill on Facebook too
0: I, well I'm going to dislike no I'm going to press the dislike I'm button now I'm going to follow
1: you and harass you. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Don't do that. I like I mean, all Evelyn your games. Hill's going to. <laughs> all, right, all right, that makes sense. All right, fine. fine. Uh, all right, so I think that's it for today. Thank you to everyone who fun, listened, fun. and you're all gonna die Up. because the rocks fell. Everyone dies.